This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith. Welcome to the show, one and all. I have a conversation featuring Richie Cavalera from the group Insight to share with you. The catalyst for the chat with Richie is due to the launch of a new album from Insight titled Wake Up Dead. It is out there now. For those unfamiliar, yes, indeed, that surname is familiar. Richie's father is Max Cavalera. His mother is Gloria Cavalera. Rock and metal, no, extreme metal royalty just there. Although the rock and metal thing does fit as well. If you broaden the horizons. This conversation, of course, features some banter about Wake Up Dead, but I think you're going to find it interesting for other reasons, and I won't spoil the surprise. I'll let you dive into the chat and discover it as it unfolds. Before we get to the conversation, if you are listening via any one of the podcast apps out there, I'm going to share a tune from Wake Up Dead. This one is titled War Soup, and it does feature Max Cavalera. If you've tuned in via YouTube, we're going to cut to the chat right now. So here's War Soup. If you're listening via the podcast app, otherwise, let's cut to the chat if you've tuned in via YouTube. Let's go.
Richie, can hear you. What's up, dude? How's things, mate? How's the uh, how's the Zoomers been going? Oh, dude, it's awesome! It's like the greatest thing ever made for interviews and everything. I stand. Everything else is cool. All right, I think I, I think I broke it. All good. All right, whatever. Hands hands free, no more. Hands free. What's no up, more. dude? Oh, you know, mate, just um, it's Good Friday here, mate. So just had some prawns and uh, oysters and stuff and just went to church this morning. We're not, you know, massively into, you know, doing a lot of the uh, the Christian-related stuff, mate. We go twice a year, mate, you know, Easter and Christmas. No worries, mate. No no, no judging, man. Everybody's allowed to do whatever they feel is right, man. Totally yeah. cool. Happy Easter to all you all and all the metalheads out there. Indeed, mate, yeah. How, how, have, the, uh, how have the conversations been going? For this album here, though, have they uh, have you had interesting questions? In other words, intelligent questions, trying to get to the bottom of things with you. Oh, definitely, it's been uh, you know more focused on the album and the band, which is cool. You know, kind of been through all the 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 history of who I am and what I've done and who I yeah. am. So it's it's cool to have this record kind of speak in volumes for itself, and uh, you know, the band getting the praise that it uh, I feel it deserves. Mm. No, no, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I, I bet you get that a lot though with people just wanting to focus on the surname and the association, that sort of thing. Yeah. And you know, that's totally cool to me because, uh, you know, carrying on a legacy that big is, uh, it's a big responsibility as well as a privilege that I'm insanely humbled by and honored to be a part of, you know, and, uh, to, to keep the name in metal, you know, for hopefully another 20, 30 years is awesome, man. I'm, I'm stoked about it. Cool. Yeah. Well, look, we do have this opportunity to connect based on Wake Up Dead. Love the album title, by the way. And uh, <laughs> I, uh, I went back when I, when I got the uh, when I got the album, I thought I'm going to go back and listen to some of your other material as well. So I spent some time doing that yeah. just so as I could catch up on what you've been doing. And nice. uh, I feel as though it's a linear and very logical progression that is Wake Up Dead from where the band's earlier recordings started. So say divided, we fail. Do you feel the same way? Yeah. Oh, definitely. And, you know, that's been the thing with us. We want to make every record great and better than the last, you know, just continually growing and being better musicians as we get older, you know? So I, I think that's what we wanted to show people like, Hey, we're, we've been around a while. We got some badass stuff that you may not even know about. So here's kind of like, a refresher of that on top of here's the new style. Here's what we are. And here's what we're more focused on. You know, changing guitar players was a big thing. The last two records had, you know, down tuning and, you know, wasn't, wasn't what we, me, Lennon and L really uh, strived for, you know, and wake up dead was finally kind of returning to that uh, up in hell slaughter, you know, but, 10 times better and more grown up and more uh, effective, you know, and that's what I think this record is. Well, mission accomplished. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Thanks, man. Look, I'll tell you what, one thing that I noticed where I must say it was a, I feel as though it's a huge leap is through the production because yeah. the, yeah, the grinding death thrash that you guys do, it really suffers. I, I still don't understand why bands seem to go one of two ways. They go the shitty, 
underground 80s thing or they go the Metallica death magnetic thing, which both are garbage. But um, yeah. uh, who did you work with in the production? Because as I say, you really nailed it. Uh, this was Steve Evans. And now this was his third record with us. So I think um, that as well is something that we've grown with. Because I think when you hear, yeah, oppression to build to destroy to now this, it, it's gotten better production wise from our performances being better. You know, he, he, everything he does is organic. Nothing is, uh, you know, copy pasted. Nothing is done that way. And uh, we, we've grown together. We've reached a point where we're, we're hitting stride. And uh, like you said, the production is just incredible on this album. It has such a dynamic, fresh, um, you know, not overproduced, not underproduced, just kind of like just meant for how metal should feel and sound. No, I agree. I agree. Have other people picked up on that? That the production is it is it is perfect for what you guys are trying to achieve. Yeah, and the big thing I've heard a lot is it's finally kind of captured the the live essence and the energy that we bring. Mm. Uh, you know, I think um, we've struggled with getting that to adapt into a record, and I think this one totally captures that you know just energy and yeah people are people are really complimenting you know the vocal sound and the the drum work and the guitar leads and just everything man it's exciting to feel that you know you work for that yeah absolutely yeah what what about the lyrical Uh, themes this time around i mean god knows you've had a lot we've all had a lot going on but uh in the states in particular with the political climate uh and what you say i'm going to say suffered through courtesy of your bloody media um did any of that stuff make make the lyrics this time around uh, this was more focused kind of on my personal life. I, w- I went through, you know, I think everybody went through their own personal hell, but mine to me was, uh, it got dark and hard and, you know, I wasn't sure if I was going to come out the other end, you know, losing music and, uh, you know, my, my marriage, you know, collapsing my life, everything that I known was just up in the air. So I, I had a lot to say on this record. And I think, you know, deadbeat is kind of the look at how i felt after you know six months of quarantine and you know mental destruction you know just fuck overwhelmed with everything and then you have you know fuck with me that was kind of like where i was beginning to find my strength again and uh realize who i am what i am so this record i think is very relatable to everybody man with what we have all been through it it has a little bit of everything bullying you know with war soup and you know, just a, a lot of topics that really uh, were personal and hit home in my own life. Mm, yep, fantastic. Yeah, it's it's fantastic from the perspective that you're able to articulate your emotions and express them in a way that is meaningful through your music. And uh, it's uh, it's not as easy as what it sounds, is it, when you actually go to put pen to paper or what have you and try to fit them in with the cadence of the beat of the music? For sure. And I've always had this, uh, this pressure on me to feel like I had to write lyrics and stuff a certain way, you know, things like the slaughter, like I'm here to kill you, you know, more metal topics, like these things where we're just like these crazy ass dudes that like go around killing people. But, you know, now it's like, uh, growing up and being able to articulate your words better and just, being yourself, you know, more than anything, not giving a shit really at the end of the day, what anybody thinks just doing what you, you feel is right. And is real to you. Cause now it's like, when I sing these, it's, it's so much anger that rage and happiness that comes out in them. It's a, it's a trip, you know, to find that in your, your later years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Now, um, 
the cover art too. I was impressed, very impressed. Got a bit of an Ed Repka feel to it. Is that is that something you were going for? Uh, you know, with us, the covers have always been super important. You know, I think uh, me and L specifically. You know, we grew up looking at covers and not knowing bands and you know we just buy them based off of that so mm-hmm. for us it was a, a big thing to have a great cover you know from dan seagrave to andre buzikov to brian zellner now who did this um it just captures everything about this record in a visual sense you know the zombie out of the ground is like the rebirth and uh you know the reintroduction of this band to the world uh the pot leaf shirt you know, the Arizona rattlesnakes and cactus and shit. And yeah, we just, uh, it, it spoke to us very well. And, you know, Brian Zellner brought that, like you say, that very uh, artistic, you know, comic look to it, which I, I just love, man. The colors are great. The colors are fantastic. And look, I haven't checked, but, uh, you know, <laughs> but the, the merch game must be pretty strong this time around with the t-shirts and stuff. Have you had some pretty good pre-sales on that? Uh, yeah, man, we've got some really cool designs. We made a crazy shirt for war soup actually. And, you know, it's army men in a bowl of soup with rotten vegetables and all this shit going on. So, uh, we're excited, man. Merch is one thing we love to do. And we've always had, uh, unique shirts and we only print limited quantities of every design. So, uh, it's sought after stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. Max, now Max does appear on on the album here, and uh, yeah. your your material is very different to Igor's. I must say, your brothers, um, yeah. but and, and he appeared on the Go Ahead and Die album as well, of course. But um, is it you've got? Dare I say, you've got a little bit more experience than Igor with this business and with writing and the like, because of course you're older. Do, do you tell Max what to do when he comes into these situations, and what does he bring to your music? Oh, that was one of my favorite parts. You know, I've always kind of been on his songs and all this kind of different experiences where it's, you know, him uh, bossing me around. And now it was like, uh, you know, sitting down with him and be like, hey, this is how we want you to sing it. This is where we want you to sing it. That that was cool, you know, because just not even him being like my father, just him being uh, a musical legend, you know, to have on your record, to have him in the studio with us and creating this killer song. You know, and uh, we had it all done ready for him to go. So he just had to come in and lay down the chaos AD style vocals that, you know, we were really wanting from him, you know, and uh, it it brought a unique structure and words that he doesn't really say, you know, a lot. So it's 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 a cool max vibe on an insight album. And uh, people are digging that song, man. And, you know, we we could have. you know, left the elephant out of the room. But to us, it's like I say, it's something we, we, we've learned to grow with and respect and love that it's a part of our band in a sense, you know, and mm. uh, no reason to fight it. You know, let's just rock, make cool shit for metalheads and let people enjoy it. I, I absolutely agree <laughs> on that point. It's uh it's uh, a linear point that I'll make on this one here, so it's not in the same quadrant as what you might be dealing with. But uh, Jason Newstead, for example, when he went out and tour with his Newstead band, didn't play any Metallica songs. Now, he did write a few Metallica songs. They're out there. But uh, yeah. it's like he disowned something that he had a very strong association with. And that's my point there with you, is that you're embracing something that you have a very strong association with, but you're doing it in your own way. Yeah. And I think throughout the years, you know, we, we did our thing. We went on our tours, we created this band, you know, on our own. And then, you know, once it became a time where it was like, you know, people respect this band for what it's done. 
who the members are, the love that they have for us. They see what we've done and the hard work we put in. So now we, we, like I say, we've grown up to a place of embracing it and uh, making cool things out of it, you know, rather than not creating something as badass as war soup, you know? Indeed. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Now, uh, look, you were, you were credited on the nail bomb album. Uh, and I don't even think you were 10 years of age back then. And, and I think you're credited with guitar noise or something like that. And people of my vintage in their 40s had a lot of love for that album, as you're probably aware. You know, us, uh, wouldn't call us us older, but, you know, approaching middle age sort of thing. Um, yeah. You know, what, what do you, do you have any memories of being around the studio when, when Max is recording that album and indeed the birthing process? Oh, for sure. I mean, they, they, him and Alex wrote that, like my sister's bedroom, you know, when I was like eight or nine. And I remember, you know, samplers and floppy disk everywhere. And it was, it was crazy, you know, and one day, you know, they pop in, they're just like, Hey, come to the studio. We got something cool for you to do. And, you know, I was really big into guitar when I first, you know, delved into music. So uh, they brought me in and I just untuned the guitar and unwound those strings, man. And just went ape shit on it. And it, it was something I'll never forget because then, you know, it led to playing at the dynamo with them yeah. and, you know, that, that DVD becoming such like a, a cult classic and, you know, metal that uh, being a part of it was so rad. And, you know, that was really my first recording, you know, prior to that, I had done like playing guitar on stage during Policia with Sepultura, you know, but that, that was, really the first major thing where it was like people were like yo dude your, your little thing's awesome you know mm. being nine years old it's fucking rad to have music be that much of my life you know it's probably the coolest story i reckon a nine-year-old can probably have <laughs> hey i played on the album <laughs> there's not a lot of other stories was, out there like that <laughs> pretty legendary man I've, I've had a very awesome grateful cool life for sure i, I can't complain man what was the vibe like? Because you're right, that 2005 performance, that Dynamo performance is, is pretty much standalone, isn't it? Given that Nailbomb yeah. doesn't doesn't perform very often, and you had a big part in that in that performance there. Yeah. But what was the vibe like? Was it was was it nervous energy, or was it just a sense of "Hey guys, we love doing this. Let's go." Oh, it was incredible. I mean, you had you know 120 thousand people. And you had so many bands. And at that time, music, man, camaraderie, it was incredible. Every band was friends and it was a brotherhood, you know, from Machine Head and Fear Factory to Neurosis and, you know, just all these bands, Biohazard. You know, we were just hanging out with everybody. When you see that video, you see all the people on the sides of the stage and mm. all the artists that take part in it. You know, it, it, it was a special time in music, you know, and I, I think it lost its way for a while and, it's kind of coming back now where you're having that brotherhood of bands and you're not so worried about genre splitting and just really enjoying what we all do together, you know, and that's create music. And the bigger it gets for everybody, the bigger, you know, it gets worldwide and so on and so forth. So uh, uh, hopefully we get back to that kind of vibe, man, because it was special. Yeah, no, I tend to agree with you on that point there. Yeah, I do feel it is coming back into that too. In the five or so years that I've been doing the podcasting, you can feel that sense of, especially through COVID, because we are all in it together, even from, yeah. from me as a journalist to the bands to the touring companies and the like, we all have a role to play to bring the music together because this is one of the few things that you can do that truly revolves around your passion. People do it and they make barely any money out of it. Or that, or that it's hard to make a living out of it, isn't it? It's a tough grind, meaning the touring schedules and the like 
you can't really lead a normal life. So you wouldn't do this unless you loved it. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, we, you know, you make money on tours and you don't on some, you know, that's the kind of level that we're at, but you know, we love it. We cherish it. And it, you know, if you didn't love it before COVID and you know, you, you haven't found that love again, then you're in the wrong business because uh, the ones that loved it and lost it, it's a grateful thing to feel it again. Mm-hmm. Gloria, highly respected figure within the music industry, uh, a manager, uh, indeed a force of nature in so many ways. What's the best? Oh, yeah. What's the what's the best piece of advice that she's given you? Oh Jesus! Uh, I mean, endless advice. You know, she has uh, created so many paths in music for so many people, and uh, the opportunities she's given, and the humbleness, and uh, I, I can't thank her enough. You know, I, I think the big thing that I've always uh, taken away from her is just, um, you know, having fun. You know, mm. she, she, you know, always stresses that, you know, no matter what you're doing, how hard this thing gets, have fun because that's what you ultimately get into being an artist for, you know, is that enjoyment, that happiness that it brings. And it can get lost amongst all the, the stress and the shit that comes with being in a band. So, uh, I appreciate that from her a lot and, you know, just watching her daily, you know, seeing her drive her, her commitment to heavy music and, uh, it's continued success. You know, it's incredible. I tend to agree. I mean, I won't ask you to speak for her, but I hope she releases a book sometime soon. I know she did that blog thing for a while there, but, uh, she's got to have a book somewhere on the horizon. Yeah. I mean, she keeps speaking about it coming out after she's dead, but I, I want it to be when she's alive because it's, it's, it's incredible. The things she's been a part of, I mean, since 19, you know, 83 from atrophy and sacred right to owning the first metal bar in Arizona where poison played and, you know, Rob Halford was a regular guest and, you know, Jason Newstead was discovered. It's, it, it, she's, been just a part of uh, so much of it man it's uh, incredible and i respect her dearly mm. yep no it's lovely mate it's lovely and thanks for answering the question by the way uh, i know talking about oh, yeah. your parents can be you know <laughs> it's one of those things isn't it but i appreciate that you've you've me an answer on that one and uh look, look something else too um you, you have you've had an opportunity to experience a lot and you've done a lot but if you could single something that's been your, your greatest challenge that you've had to rise to meet, what do you think that would be? Getting this album out, you know, we've, we've been through a lot of shit as a band, but uh, you know, there were times, you know, last summer where I didn't think this thing would come out or see the light of day. And uh, you know, I had personal battles going on. We had record labels being changed and management being changed and so many things happening that it just it got overwhelming and you know it was supposed to come out in july and then november and then march and then finally april so um you know i've never had an album like that and face all those challenges and difficulties but i think now that it's out it's one of the most humbling and greatest accomplishments this band's ever had to this point you know and i think it's going to bring a lot of uh new goals and dreams that we've had you know yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. It should hopefully find, uh, it's not about a new audience, but expand your audience. People who are already into this sort of music and stuff who may not be aware of the band and, and, and 
get you some new people that way. But uh, yeah, that that point around the label is a really interesting one because I've watched with uh, interest over the past two or three years or thereabouts, however long it's been. Marcus has been doing his thing from Nuclear Blast now with uh, Atomic Fire. You guys are on Atomic Fire. There aren't many bands signed there, which means that he's taking a fairly highly selective approach to who he brings on board. So what sort of conversations or what can you share about the conversations that you had with him? Oh man, incredible. You know, he uh, was given the CD by our manager, Des, and you know, he, he was just like, holy shit, how have I never heard of this band? You know, like, <laughs> you know, he was just really blown away. And, you know, he, he let us know, he's like, my goal is to make this band known and be big for all these incredible albums they have. And, you know, that, that was just like, holy shit, you know, this guy's done so much for metal. And to say that about us was uh, absolutely surreal. So, you know, we, we felt his passion for the band and his team that he put together. And then, you know, being on the a roster with Meshuggah and Opeth and, yeah. you know, just it's, it blows my mind. You know, we've been on the smallest labels that have existed, you know, so we've never had bands or any of this press or anything like this. So it's, it, it's cool to see after all these years, you know, working hard and having something like this, uh, find us, man. It's a, a dream come true and a blessing. I mentioned Marcus, but also Des, to your point there. He doesn't, excuse my language, he does not fuck around that bloke. I've, I've spoken to him a couple of times, I think, and he's just, <laughs> he's, he's just so impressed me, I've got to say, you know, and uh, with with his approach and his vigour and his attention, and he gave me the full story about the cold chamber thing, about the guys wanting to get drunk at midday when they had a show at 10pm. Yeah. He just doesn't tolerate fools, that bloke. So what's, um? how, how did you, how did your relationship with him come about? You know, I've, I've, known him since yeah 98 Ozfest I think was the first time I met him and I was young and I would always go on the side of the stage and watch them every night and you know uh my family and Des family the we just all connected you know and we've been very close throughout the last uh to 2015 he took insight on tour with Devil Driver and mm. he just became a, a like a mentor to me in so many ways, you know, talking to me after shows and, you know, uh, letting me have advice about things and telling me how to run myself in a lot smarter ways, you know, it just kind of began to snowball into a really cool relationship, you know, and we kept in touch. And then finally it was just like, we wanted to make changes everywhere. So management was kind of first thing. And you know, I called him and he's like, man, I'm fucking, stoked you called me he's like you know we don't really fuck with just straight metal bands but mm. you know he's like i've always loved you and what this band has done and you know he heard the new record and was just fucking blown away and you know just got going you know he brought marcus on board and you know got us with tko international booking which is going to do big things for us and you know it's uh, just really snowballed and that dude's like you said he doesn't take no shit he fucking does not fuck around he is uh, a legend and I'm just um, I'm so lucky to have someone like that you know another person that's so great you know giving advice and you know you always wonder how these big bands make it and it's having a team that just clicks and locks in at the right time man and that's exactly like what it feels now you know him atomic fire all this shit it's just it's it's crazy you know when it just kind of all goes together 
Mate, it, it sounds like as though you've, you've been through the, you know, I'm sorry to hear that your marriage ended there, but, I mean, you've got so much to look oh, forward to. Right. You know, so much to look forward to here with what's going on. I mean, everything that you just said then resonates so much. I mean, I'm someone who understands the significance of these people that are in your life and what they can do for you. But the other side of the equation is because they don't fuck around, you've got to work hard and you clearly do work hard. <laughs> so the opportunity is there, but only if you want to take it and work your ass off. So, mate, it's a mad congratulations to you on that front. Thank you so much, man. And yeah, you know, we all go through crazy life shit and you got to grow and learn and uh, become better from it. And that's what I've focused on doing. And yeah, that's what music allows me to have, you know, that, that sense of release, uh, a family, brotherhood, support, all that stuff, man. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very lucky, man. It's fucking rocking. Mate, I'll make this my last question for you. Uh, I always try to keep it about Australia or something to do with Australia here and I keep it fairly simple. <laughs> cool. Uh, I, I'm sure you've traveled here before, but have you toured here before? So we uh, toured down there in 2010 with City of Fire and Soulfly, actually. We mm -hmm. went as their entire crew. You know, it was the only way we could get there. And we have not been able to get there since. And, you know, I'm hoping now with Atomic Fire and Dez and all this stuff that it's going to happen because my, my drummer and my bass player have been in this band for 10 years and they just missed that tour. So... Uh, they're dying to come play there. I'm dying to come play there. You know, I've been there so many times with Soulfly and Cavalier Conspiracy mm -hmm. and all these things, but uh, insight, man. Come on, promoters. Come on, bands. Let's go. Insight in the house. Absolutely. It. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you, your sort of metal is, uh, we're attuned to your sort of metal. I hope the numbers reflect that when you're looking at streaming numbers and some of the merch pre orders and that sort of thing, because, uh, yeah, we'd love to see you down here, mate. Uh, we would too, man. Like I said, Atomic Fire is making the album known down there for the first time probably in our history. So uh, I'm expecting us to be there, man. No doubt. Well, mate, that'll do for me. Uh, thanks so much for uh, the conversation. You know, good luck with everything. It just sounds like everything's going in just such a, such a wonderful direction for you. Congratulations again on that front. And, uh, yeah, God bless and everything else. <laughs> Hell, yeah. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate you spreading the word, taking this time, and uh, enjoy the family and the holidays, man. We all need it. Will do, bro. No worries at all. Hell, yeah. Hell, yeah. Bless you, brother. Thank you, mate. No worries. Cheers. Let, Catch you. Later. So there he is, ladies and gents, Richie Cavalera from the group Insight. I hope you enjoyed that, listening to that chat as much as I enjoyed participating in it. I especially found uh, that information there toward the end about working with Des and Marcus Steiger, who is the uh, fellow who started Nuclear Blast, who's now gone on to a new venture called Atomic Fire. I have talked about that label on a mini of the podcast episodes that have been published so yes, another episode done and dusted. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you don't know, I'm sure you do. I have a book out there, Scars and Guitars, Volume 1, Conversations from the World of Heavy Metal and Rock Heavy Metal and Beyond. You can go to my website, www.scarsandguitars.com. Follow the prompts. It's very simple if you want to go to a marketplace like Amazon or Google or Apple and download a sample. Try before you buy if you like. Unbelievably. The print editions, I didn't print up too many, I must say, because uh, it costs a fortune to do that, but they all went pretty much within 24 hours of me posting somewhere available. So I've got to try and find uh, a cheaper publisher. It might have an impact on the quality of the product, meaning the book might not be as uh, well presented as the one that I got printed up just now. But uh, what have you, everybody seems to, not everybody, but many people seem to want the 
Bridge Edition. I'll see what I can do there. So that's it for another episode. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith and I'm the host of the Scars and Guitars podcast series. Until next time, it is a very goodbye for now.